Hello once again, folks. Welcome to the 615 Preps Podcast. Entering week number 10 of Middle Tennessee High School football. Alongside Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thanks for joining us this week. Scott, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's week 10. I'm hey. so, I'm, I'm, it, this thing has, has gone quickly. Yeah, but, you know, tell you the truth, anything past week, you know, past week nine is a blessing right now. I'm, well, anything, I thought anything past week two or three would yeah. have been a blessing, to be honest with you. So, Given where we started, you're absolutely with, right. Come a long way. Yeah, we absolutely have. And I'm just so happy that uh, so many of the schools were able to participate. Oh, yeah, even, absolutely. You know, even with some of them with stunted seasons. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's been great. The the schools that have not been able to, uh, I feel for them. Uh, the ones that have fought through COVID uh, delays and suspensions and things like that, you know, they've powered through it. I think that uh, I think it's been a, a very good season given the circumstances. Yeah, quite a bit to get to this episode as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about last week's games and and look into some of the big matchups in Week Ten. A lot of key, a lot of key games as far as the region races are concerned. So, when we get to who you got, we'll talk more about those. But uh, I want to start with a couple of games from last week. Now, Scott, you were over at Macon County. You had that game as our fans' choice game of the week with DeKalb County. That one was right, right down to the wire. It was, and in all honesty, the the fans really know a good game, a good matchup when they see one. Uh, you know, going into this game, uh, DeKalb could clinch if they won, which they did. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it really was a a really, really good game. Uh, these teams were as evenly matched squads for having differences in the way they go about things. Uh, it really – you know, I, last week I said if Macon County could keep Aldino uncomfortable, push him into mistakes, make him be in trouble – for a large part of the game, they were able to do that very thing, uh, shutting down the running game, limiting success with the football. Uh, the defense did a tremendous job in tackling, prevented yak, yak yardage on a lot of plays, controlling the clock uh, with steady die to run the ball. Um, but, you know, they only gave up two big plays, but both of them led to points. You had a long uh, pass in the second quarter after it was scoreless. Uh, uh, from Aldino to uh, T.J. Alexander that set up that 10-yard opening score to uh, Desmond Noakes. And then the 60-yard, which looked like, I, I don't know whether somebody got lost in coverage or whether it just was so long because Noakes just kind of drifted down the sideline. Mm-hmm. Aldino had all day, but they were playing really, really good coverage, but they just couldn't get any pressure, and then it was just a – a pitch and catch 60 yards, and uh, you really thought that at that point the cab was going to run away with it. But then Macon really kicked in that offense, their running game, their offensive line did a tremendous job opening holes. Um, you know, Ethan Jenkins ran wild. Uh, uh, you know, aside from Noakes' big night, the real story was just really Axel Aldino, uh, his ability to move in the pocket make good throws, uh, none so big as the uh, third and 14 on the last drive, the scoring drive, their last drive. They had him dead to rights in the backfield. And he escapes and finds a, finds a guy uh, 
on the on the sideline about 10 yards down, hits him in stride, first down, and after that, there wasn't any uh, any stopping him. All in all, a great game. Uh, it's a shame in those games somebody has to lose, but that's why you play. Yep. And, uh, boy, you can see the joy after the game on the faces of the coaching staff, the players. Uh, they It really meant a lot for them to get that region win. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's their first region title in school history, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big deal for, for those folks over at Smithville. And it's a damaging loss for Macon County because now they're fighting for home field in the first round against Livingston in two weeks. And if they don't win that game – they're going to have to travel to either one of Tullahoma, Marshall County, or Nolansville. They've played Nolansville the last two years, and it's ended their season, and they may have to do that again. And and that's just a tough way to go after such a good start that they had to the year. If they if they do manage to lock up these the home game, which I think that they can do, if they play yeah. like they played the yeah. other night, who who would be most likely? Do you think it would still be one of those three teams? It would still be one of those. No one, no one still has to play Tullahoma and Marshall County the last two weeks, so that'll determine a lot about how that region shakes out. Mm. Um, so not an easy road to hope no. for making County regardless. No, of and, and the Cab County winning the region puts them in a lot better path because they're probably going to draw Spring Hill in that first round, and Spring Hill's been reeling this year too. So they they've got a chance to to at least you know do some damage. Big big game for. DeKalb County then. Yep, for sure. Our spotlight game of the week was the Battle of the Borough, Riverdale hosting Oakland. This one was not very close in the end, 30-7 to for Oakland, but i got to give credit to Riverdale. Defensively, for most of the night, they did the job. You know, they actually had a chance to go in the half down 9-7 before Ian Schlachter and Isaiah Horton hooked up on a 40-yarder at the very end of the half where – Horton just out-jumped two Riverdale defenders and took the ball away. I saw that. That was a great shot uh, that that uh, you got on uh, on the video. That was amazing. He just climbed the ladder and went and got it. Yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of fooled me a little bit. I thought it was knocked away. I looked over at the defender, looked back at Horton, and he's in the end zone shrugging his shoulders like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, uh, it, was, it was a monster play for them for momentum going into the locker room. They came out and got the second half kickoff and then drove down and scored again, and they were off to the races after that. But, again, Riverdale, for the most part, defensively did the job. I mean, they only gave up like three or four big plays. They just happened to go to the house. Yeah, you can't – you're playing Oakland. You can't afford to get behind more than a score. Not Especially not with the way Riverdale's offense was struggling without Jamison Holcomb. He was still out with an injury again, and they just had trouble moving the ball most of the night it was it was really tough to see for them uh but I, i'm not counting riverdale out that if they can get holcomb back you know they have a chance to you know to to be decent in the postseason oh yeah i, I think that that defense like you said i think that uh, riverdale defense is is very good it's very good yep but oakland is just on another level exactly and to to illustrate this point Right before one of their drives started, they gave field a punt. I guess it was in the second quarter. I just happened to notice this. Or they, or they had just punted to Riverdale. I just noticed, like, the 11 defenders they sent on the field, they're all wearing uniform numbers under 30, including the defensive line. There's no 50s, 60s, or 70s in there. They're wearing 3, 5, 7, 14, 15. You know, they're wearing low numbers. 
you know you have athletes in every position possible when you can put single digits on the defensive line. Yeah, that's true. You've got speed there. They have speed everywhere. It, Oakland is the fastest team I've seen this year, bar none. And will be to anybody else that tries to slow them down because right now they're playing at a level of focus and skill that is beyond anybody else, at least in this area, with the possible exception of Alcoa and Maryville. And you know, we may see Oakland Maryville round six, I think, this year. Well, I, I think it's good for Oakland. to uh, this, this is what I was concerned with about Oakland. It seems like every year uh, recently they've been really, really good, but it seems like they've – I don't want to say they've coasted, but – they they spread the wealth, yeah, they and have. then they've and they've won so well that they've had to put on the brakes in the second half. Yeah, it's good to see them throw the ball, yeah, and throw it effectively, right? Uh, because when you get to playing Maryville and some of those other teams, you're going to need to. You're going to have to, yeah. And can Kevin Creasy was not happy with some of his players after the game because he said that the effort was not where he wanted it to be. He said that you know in practice some of them didn't practice well and they didn't play well. And it was kind of a shame that it showed up on TV, and he he noted that in his, his post game speech. So, you know, if this team can fully get in, just locked in and practice and play like they practice, look out. It's scary to think what they can do because there's talent at every position. There's there's strength in every position, and you know, it, Oakland Oakland is what Oakland has been in the last few years. Yeah, it, it's a scary team to look at. Um, like I said, the Riverdale, I think, can do some things if they can get Holcomb healthy. They've got to deal with Warren County this week, and we'll talk about that game also and who you got. It's critical for them to to stay in that top two, though, mm-hmm. because you're likely going to draw Hendersonville or Mount Juliet on the other side in the first round, and Mount Juliet has shown that they can keep pace defensively with, with a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Mount Juliet knocked Riverdale out last year, so – you know that's that's we have to we have to remember that too, right? Yeah, I I agree. I you need that second spot. You have to have it. I think any anywhere else, and you run a risk. Yep. But uh, a lot of several good games from from last week. It was a, it was a good week for football. This week though shapes up to be a lot bigger. There's plenty of implications across the area with just not just region titles, but you no, know, just playoff spots in general. Mm-hmm. And we start. We may whittle down the field a little bit this week, but probably not. It's probably going to be, you know, it, some of the playoff pictures could even get worse, could even get even cloudier entering week yeah. 11. That's <laughs> hard to say, but you just have to go down through the region standings and see what's left for certain teams and, you know, what games are on the schedule. So, yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's go in and, and work on our Player of the Week sponsored by Citizens Bank. You know, we talked about – all these good performances, and there were several. In fact, we had ten finalists this week, which was more than we've had. Well, was I know that uh, when you and I were talking about who the finalists should be, it was it was tough. It was it was tough with a cutoff line. Yeah, it was tough trying to just whittle it down to get it to ten because there were enough players that were in that were grouped in kind of close in, in my mind anyway. And eligible and, and eligible. eligible, yes, because yeah. we you know if you've won the if you've won the award earlier this year. You're not eligible to get into the playoff start, so right, and that cut out, and that cut out Trevor Andrews and Cavantes Hudson, two of our former winners who had big, big nights. 
right. throwing and running as well in, in, in big wins for Ravenwood and Springfield, respectively. But speaking of Ravenwood, Jake Brenningstool is one of our finalists. He had eight catches for 147 yards and three touchdowns, and Ravenwood rolled past front of 51 to 10. Zach Flores from BGA, 12 carries, 157 yards and two touchdowns. BGA won 41-7 last Thursday at Lincoln County. Bradford Gaines from DCA, 9-12 passing, 191 yards for three touchdowns as DCA won 49-17 over Kings Academy. And that was a big win for DCA. It helped them lock up their region. Aiden Hooper, Middle Tennessee Christian, 177 yards passing and four touchdowns as they beat Franklin Grace 35-27. Jordan James from Oakland, we talked about that game. He had 15 carries for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Wow. Didn't, I didn't mention him when we talked about the game, but it was it was big for him too. Mm-hmm. Samson Johnson from Nolansville, 105 yards rushing, four touchdowns on just 15 carries as they beat Maplewood 42 to nothing. Yep. Second time he's been on the list too. Uh huh. Nashville Christian quarterback Matt McClary, 12 of 16 passing for 301 yards and three touchdowns. They went 39 to 28 at Jackson Christian. Desmond Noakes to Cab County. We talked about him. Nine catches, 151 yards, and three touchdowns in that 24-20 win at Macon County. Davidson Academy quarterback Jared Vito, nine of 14 passing, 249 yards, and four touchdowns. They rolled over Trinity Christian, 42 to three. I think it's 19 wins in a row for Davidson Academy. It's been a while since they've experienced a loss. <laughs> Luke Walters from Brentwood is our final member of this list 13 carries 123 yards and three touchdowns as Brentwood beat Franklin 42 to 20 the results are in from the fan vote oh tell me the results from the fan vote and we have more votes in this than we've had the entire time we've done this almost 7,000 votes were cast oh my goodness oh about 6,700 oh you guys are awesome and Desmond Noakes from DeKalb County wins the fan vote with 50% of the vote. Interesting. Interesting. Zach Flores from BGA came second with 31%. Davidson Academy's Jaravito is third with 7%, and everybody else was 3% or less. So the overwhelming, no, the overwhelming fan vote goes to Desmond Noakes. Noakes. Excuse me. Well, you want it first? I'll let you take it first. Well, it was really tough. It was really tough. Now, you know, Zach Flores, I, I really looked hard at, but truthfully, um, two people really stood out to me in this in this week, and one of them was Jake Brenningstool uh, at Raven. I just thought he had a super game, and he means uh, so much to that team as a primary receiver. Uh, I'm really going to look forward to seeing his career as it progresses. Um Looks like he's going to Clemson. Uh-huh. I'm going to keep it in the receiver side and take all the pressure off of you. <laughs> because I saw this player live, and he meant everything in that game. I'm voting for Desmond Noakes for DeKalb County. His three touchdowns were the scores. They were all there were. And... He just played a heck of a game. And truthfully, uh, Macon County was uh, was playing the other receivers tight. And he had to have a big game to win that. That's where my vote's going. Okay. 
given that his performance meant as much as it did to DeKalb County and what it meant for that school's history and that win, I can't argue it. I, I, my thought was Brenningstool as well for another for another possible vote, but you know it just his performance was so necessary for DeKalb County to even win the game, and and I got I've got no I have no other way to. to to argue it, so now let the people let the people speak. The people have it. The people have spoken, and Desmond Noakes gets our votes as well, and he is the Citizens Bank Player of the Week for week number nine. So congratulations, congratulations. to Desmond, and we've got some stuff coming his way shortly too. We'll set that up, and it'll be on our website probably, hopefully Thursday. Yep, we try to do it every Thursday. So if they're in town and and available. <laughs> yep, yep, and uh, we actually have after the break Luke Willoughby from DeKalb County who's going to talk to us about that game and what is next for the Tigers. He's our guest this week in the second segment, so we'll, after the break, we'll get Luke Willoughby on the phone to talk to us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast, so stay with us. Hey, folks, if you want to support high school football coverage all across Middle Tennessee, let 615 Preps help. We have sponsorship opportunities for the 2020 season to suit all needs and budgets. For more information, shoot us an email at 615preps at gmail.com. That's 615preps at gmail.com. 615preps, Friday night's finest play here. One. Back here on the 615preps podcast, DeKalb County's Luke Willoughby joins us. A big history-making win for the Tigers, Luke. Thanks for joining us first off. And, uh, it's just such a big week for DeKalb County, going to Macon County, winning in the final minute like they did, and the first region title in school history. Well, thank you for having me. Um, excuse me. Um, it, was a, it was a great win. And anytime I get to, the chance to talk ball with folks, I, I love to do that. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, as tight a game as that was back and forth, it, it just had to be some sort of roller coaster for – Everybody involved in that, that final four minutes with the with Macon taking the lead and then DeKalb coming back down and, and driving to win it. That, what were you feeling like the first like that final four minutes? <laughs> Don't <laughs> screw it up. Uh, <laughs> is, what I, is what I'm thinking because I, I told my broadcast partner I usually broadcast the games with uh, John Pryor. He had a scheduling conflict, so I was with my brother-in-law. Uh, of all people, and I told him, I said, whatever you do, uh, don't make the moment bigger for us than it is for the kids, um, because at the end of the day, uh, our job and your job is to provide great coverage, but it's all about the kids. Um, right. And I, when I broadcast those games, I, uh, I went to school and went to work in the um, athletic department at Carson Newman, and I learned how you broadcast a football game, and I, I took all the those things they taught me back. And after a year of emails of, Hey, he sucks. Um, I learned you have to appease your, uh, your market. And I'm, and I'm calling the games to someone's uh, Sunday school teacher, or maybe it's uh, uh, an aunt or an uncle who can't make the game. Um, and so it's, how can you put the game in layman's terms to where those people can also enjoy it? but also give the honor to, to the kids of what we were doing. And um, in the Macon County press box, actually um, where the visiting radio is, we're in with the DeKalb County coaches and the film staff. And so the window that we have to look through is completely just hasn't been cleaned probably since the Reagan administration. <laughs> um, and so I'm half the game 
I'm outside on uh, where the door goes up to the press box. On the other half, I'm having to stand behind uh, one of the the camera girls in order to to call the game. So it, it was a lot of fun. But, but don't screw up what was what was going through my head. Well, first off, being from Macon County, I can confirm that that glass being not being cleaned in a while is true. So I, I'll, I'll second you on that one. <laughs> I was going to it, it it just flashed me back to uh, two different places. Uh, s- Trying to call a game from the top of a dugout in Pickett County, or trying to look out the window at Red Bull and Springs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you do what you have to do. Been in this business long enough, you, you've run across one of those windows before. Yeah, yeah. Hi, covering high school is not as glamorous as some people make it seem. We can go ahead and confirm that for <laughs> you, folks. Now, Luke, on that drive, uh, there was no bigger play than that third and fourteen that uh, Axel Aldino scrambled left, reversed field, and found his receiver about 10 yards down and, uh, and, and hit him, and then they, they get the first down on that play. Well, you're exactly right, and, and that's the type of, of plays Axel has made uh, all season long. Um, you know, the, the guy, I think, if you look at his, his numbers, uh, he had uh, just, under two, just under 300 yards throwing, a 19 to 28, um, 296, and three TDs. But when you have a senior quarterback who, listen, when he first took over, um, he went through the grind of how to read a defense, how to, um, when your receivers aren't open, how do you evade stuff. And he, all year long, has turned something into nothing. I mean, he leads the team in rushing. He has a good presence about him, um, but he was able to keep the drive alive. And I, I think a lot of people would have said they really – I've heard people from DeKalb County say, of course, it's easy to say it's when you win, when you get back home. But even though they were down at the time, it was, hey, we're fine. We're going to do it. we're going to do. We're going to execute. And Axel has that ability about him. He's obviously – not the most fundamentally sound quarterback you're ever going to see, but a, a guy who is has all the confidence when the game's on the line. Boys, that's what you want in a last-minute drive. Another player that really came up big was Desmond Noakes. He had uh, all three touchdowns in the game. Uh, for, for those who haven't, haven't seen him play, uh, is this just a typical – a night for him or is it was this just a, uh, a a big stage and he rose to the occasion or both well uh the, the game winning touchdown he had that was his 10th td of the year um he is a kid who's always played bigger than what he is he only weighs about 150 to 160 pounds um he's not a big kid at all uh but he i mean just is he hits so hard on the defensive end. He and receiving, he's hard to cover. And I will say this: I mean, there was obviously a matchup issue uh, early. In the, the, I think his first touchdown that he had, he's wide open. The second one, the same thing. Um, he can run one route, you can cover him, but if he has to change and go another way, you're not going to cover him on that. He he has some breakaway speed, but he's so quick when he puts that foot in the ground and changes direction. He's really hard to cover, and that is sort of a typical um, Desmond Noakes game. Now, I will say this. 
he gets some help because he has two other great receivers by him. One is TJ Alexander, um, who is the fastest kid on the team. Uh, and then Isaac Knowles. Isaac Knowles, two weeks ago against Livingston Academy, had eight catches for 216 yards. And Noakes only had four catches for 82. And they both had, had a touchdown. Um, you can't cover all three guys. And last um, against Macon County, that was Desmond's night to have the matchup problem. Well, it's five wins in a row for DeKalb County since that one and three start. And that one and three start definitely doesn't look as bad now as it might have back then, considering Warren County, Upperman, and Watertown are all in first place in their respective regions. But what's been the difference between them, those first four games, and then the second half of the season between, with this team? Well, first off, let's not get away from it and, and let's call it what it is. Warren County, Upperman, and Watertown are going to be all better than the teams that DeKalb County has beaten. Um, there, there's no getting around that. Um, DeKalb County, however, led against all three of those uh, teams at some point in time during the game, I believe. Warren County, that might not be the case. I don't have my game notes in front of me about that one, but they played within a touchdown of all three of those opponents. Um, but I think right now the big one that they won was Livingston because that was such a – Livingston Academy, you all have been in the Upper Cumberland, whether they have their best team or worst team. When you say the words Livingston, you think, well, they're going to be good. And the Camp Cannon took care of business. I would say right now it's all about confidence. Um, you know, DeKalb County has some boys who have never beaten Watertown. They have some boys who've uh, never beaten Upperman on the team. And it's almost like, well, those are these teams that we uh, we don't have to beat. They're not in our region. Um, and later on down the games, like we all wanted that region championship. I mean, that's a goal Coach Trapp says every year is that we want to win the region championship. It's never been done before. Um, but also, I think when you when – you, the, the talent is a big gap. But also, DeKalb County finally, in the second half of that Watertown game, uh, my broadcast partner and I both said that was the best game they had played up to that point because that was a game where they were starting to make plays. It wasn't like they were backing them themselves in, into a, a touchdown. It wasn't like Watertown and, and – fumbled the football in the end zone. We just recovered it. They started to make plays, and uh, that has just continued to be the case. The Camp County has made plays. What's it going to be like calling a playoff game at home? <laughs> well, repeat that question. I didn't hear you. <laughs> What's it going to be like calling a playoff game at home in November when you guys get there? Well, um, I think I heard you say, what's it going to be like calling a playoff game, being a playoff game at home? and is that what you said? Yeah, that's it. That's okay. It. Okay, good. Um, you know, first off, um, I, I just hope it happens um, in, in terms of I hope COVID doesn't prevent it. Right. Um, it, it's going to be exciting that, you know, DeKalb County has, has hosted home playoff games before. Um, you know, I think this year is going to be interesting to see what the atmosphere can be like with the TWSWA guidelines. Um, but I think for these guys, it, it, it helps you immensely in terms of you're going to be able to have a crowd because I think TWSAA will end up limiting fans to travel. Um, 
in terms of what can be allowed at the stands. But you all have been to enough high school games. You, you know, a lot of schools aren't really enforcing. Um, once you get through the gate with the mask on and your temperature's checked, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. Um, not saying it's, it's happening everywhere, but um, I think the atmosphere will be good. I think there's going to be a lot of pride in the community. But in terms of like the whole town shutting down and going to the game, like I think it would be in a normal year, I don't think you'll see that. Well, you guys also have an off week this week before Cumberland County next week. I mean, what's the goal in that game? Is it just to try to get out of there without any injury, or, or do you try to work on some things for the postseason? Well, I think it's a, I, listen, uh, Steve Trapp is a guy. He doesn't run up the score, but he's going to execute his offense. Yep. I think uh, you're going to see them uh, run the football with Nathaniel Crook and Colby Barnes, two guys who probably – are two really good running backs that haven't really been utilized this year because of just the nature of everything. He'll want to see, get them some action. But he's also going to want to send these seniors out with a good performance. Um, he, uh, I think it'll be business as usual. He will execute a game plan to win. And it, it, it's not going to be, hey, we're just going to go through the motions. I think after the bye, he wants to shake the rust off, put the pedal down in the third period, have the clock um, – moving because we have a uh, mercy rule in effect. I guess it's kind of a little bit easier to enjoy a win like last Friday now and that you don't have to game plan. 100%. Game plan. <laughs> you're not kidding. Uh, the, the, the fact that you're not having to, um, that you have the number one playoff seat um, locked locked up uh, in home field, locked up for the most part, um, is good. Um but I, I'm going to tell you, they, he, Coach Steve Trapp, um, who I have in the first year, he was a school teacher when I was in high school. Um, he's a business-as-usual guy. He's a no-nonsense coach. Um, he is going to be hammering during practice. Um, this team has nothing to lose. We're playing. Of course, Cumberland Kansas had some COVID issues. I just hope the game happens mm-hmm. there as well because you don't want two weeks off going to the playoffs. Um, but I, I think it's going to be we have to take care of business. We have to prove people that we actually are the region champion. There will be, from his standpoint, no letting up. Um, you know, it, I, and I think his guys will buy in. I, I think they will buy in to say, hey, we need to make sure we send a statement win um, to show that, you know, we really are the region champs. And, um, you know, no, nothing would be worse than beating a team that I think a lot of people think the Cab County should win by a good margin. You know, you don't want to win that game on senior night, 21, 20 or 21, 14 uh, <laughs> in a game that you should win 42, seven. Yeah. Right. Well, now the Cumberland County actually did play Livingston Academy very close early this they year. Did. Yeah. They, they did. You're yep. absolutely right. And, and that's the thing. You don't want to give a team like Cumberland County and not take anything away from those guys. Um, they work hard just like any other team. And um, if I'm Cumberland County, I'm coming into school to Cap County season. Um, I'm coming in definitely to be that team that says, hey, you won the region championship. But if we could squeak out a 14-10, 14-7 win, that would be – that's obviously what they're wanting to do. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of crazy – a lot of weird things happen in high school football. Uh, I mean, you go out. I mean, DeKalb County against Cannon County didn't score in the first period. Um, they they trailed in that game against Cannon County. Um, there were some moments against Macon County. I thought they didn't look good uh, against Smith County. They had some of those same moments where they the offense kind of just stalled, and you're in this um, 
sort of limbo area of, okay, what's, what's going on guys. And you do that enough against a high school team and they get a little bit momentum. Um, then you could have, you could have some problems. Um, right. you know, you, and special teams, the Kansas County struggled on special teams in terms of giving up a, a, a kickoff for a touchdown or a punt for a touchdown, or, you know, then you snap the ball over your punter's head, and now you're down 14 nothing. Um, you dug yourself a big hole, and then you got yourself a problem. So I think it's have a fundamentally sound football game and put the hammer down to what Coach Traff's message is going to be. All right, well. I know the playoffs are a big – of course, last year going as deep as you guys did, it's not uncharted waters anymore. But now you're going to have some of those teams maybe looking for a little bit of revenge on the other end coming back. Now, when they get to the playoffs and have to see a Marshall County or a Tullahoma again, you know, how do you expect this team to to react and, and knowing they played them before? Well, you know, these guys are such mentally tough kids. I think last year, DeKalb County, when they made the beat Tullahoma, um, you know, no one really picked them to win that game. I think a lot of people probably would have thought Tullahoma was going to win. And DeKalb County sort of had this, you know, we're up against the world mentality. I think this year the message to you, if you're DeKalb County, you're saying is we have to prove you're right. Um, we have to prove that we do belong here. Um, you know, Marshall County, they, they lost some of their better kids last year. Um, it's a different team uh, cons- for a, a good part of it compared to what you saw last year. They had a good amount of seniors. Um, so I think, yeah, the Cap County, they, they were going to have kids out against the former games. But the other thing is they have the confidence now that when they do hear these big teams like a like a Marshall County or a Tullahoma, that they know, hey, we, we beat them last year. We can do it again. I think that's sort of the mentality they're going to yeah. take. Yeah, the lights aren't the lights aren't as big. Their eyes aren't as big. Right. Uh, this yeah. year, yep. as they, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been it's been a good run so far, and uh, curious to see how this thing ends up for DeKalb County. Luke, thanks for joining um, us this week. Go ahead. It, it definitely is going to be interesting. And I want to say thank you all so much for, for having me. Um, I appreciate the work y'all do, and tell folks in the DeKalb County region to check y'all out because y'all do a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, thank we you. We do appreciate really it. appreciate that. Again, it's all about the kids. That's right. Most definitely. Well, y'all have a good one, and uh, hopefully we're talking to each other during playoff time. Sounds good. Right. Sounds good. Luke yep. Willoughby, DeKalb County Radio, joining us this week on the 615 Preps Podcast. When we get back, we'll start picking some of the best games of the week. Who you got is next, the 615 Preps Podcast, so stay with us. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Podcast. It's that time of the week again where we try to make our best picks at some of the best games of Middle Tennessee. It's time for who you got. Scott, we didn't do so hot last week. Oh, you don't say. Uh, none of us did. <laughs> none of us did. It was a bad week for everybody. Well, well, it's a good week for those teams that had upsets. Or... This is true. They, they loved it, but uh, didn't do much for our records. We all were around 500 for the week. And... Hey, I didn't, I, I, I didn't lose. I but, just didn't win big. But, but this is just the top 10 games. Now, when we get later in the week and all of our predictions come out for the rest of the games, Last week was all right, but in these in these top games, we 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 got to do a little better. Yeah, we got to do better. Yeah. So, Scott and I were five and five. Twitter voters and Drake Williams both finished six and four. Oh, and that means there's a tie for first place between the Twitter voters. Have caught me. <laughs> so, we got work to do. 
Um, so let's go. Let's, let's dive in. I always finish. I always finish strong. Okay. Uh, let's dive in. Independence and Brentwood leads us off, and it's an important game in this region because if Brentwood wins it, they win the region. If Indy wins it, they play Ravenwood next week for for a shot to get it themselves. And Brentwood's won the last three in this rivalry, but Independence has been playing very well of late. Yeah, and they, you know they made the most of their their game back from uh, COVID related quarantine. Uh, with uh, with uh, the homecoming victory at Dixon County. And, you know, that Jackson Campbell show just continues to roll another three-touchdown uh, performance. Uh, Trey Hartwell's running well for the Eagles. Uh, but what gets lost a lot when discussing independence is how well their defense has played. Uh, after the opening loss to Summit, they've only given up about 14 points once when they gave up 23 to Hendersonville. And 13 of those 23 uh, were given up in the last two minutes of the game. So their defense is actually playing fairly well, but Brentwood being Brentwood, uh, you know, for once Cade Granzow last week stepped aside and shared the spotlight just a little bit, <laughs> you know, uh, with uh, Luke Walters who had a great night, right? Uh, it's not to say he was quiet. He had three scores, but right. I mean, he, but he's sharing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and their team, uh, their defense has been turning teams over of late. So I don't know, but I don't know if they've seen a run pass option quarterback, uh, since Ravenwood, and I think Jackson Campbell may be a little bit better, except for the fact that they've seen Cade in practice. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the, it's very true. Um, you know, Brentwood's put up the points the last few games while Independence is just getting back from detention. Uh, it's going to be a good test of the Mid-State's most prolific run-pass threats at quarterback. I mean, it just it's going to be a, a good game to watch if you're a fan of quarterback. Yeah. Play. I think Brentwood's been playing better competition, and I think this game was played in its original 10-2 date. The, the, the outcome might be different. I feel like this is independence in a mild upset. Okay. I can see it. And I do see it. I kind of I said that uh, I was smelling an upset this week, and I think this is it. Okay, I, think I better it, change my – I think independence <laughs> – I want to stop mid-sentence and look at you and just say, WTF. <laughs> no, go ahead with that thought. Uh, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> no, you got to apologize for that. That was funny. But, uh, no, um, I think Independence is going to have a little bit fresher legs because one thing that the COVID layoff does, it gets you some rest. And this point in the year, it's critical to have a little bit of rest. It's, it's just another bye week, really. And Brentwood hasn't seen – Anything like Jackson Campbell, as far as the teams they've played, and I think Oakland exposed them a little bit, and and a team that can do the things at least to some degree that Oakland did will hurt Brentwood. And Independence is this team, in my opinion. Defensively, they've played outstanding the second half of the season, and Brentwood's going to have a tough time scoring. I think. I agree. I, Everything you said is is exactly true. Th- this the upset that I was that I was sniffing this week. This is it. I think Independence wins this game, and gives themselves a shot to take the region outright. And honestly, though, number one in this region may not necessarily be a good thing. Oh, and, and here's why. Tell me, you're going to play Cane Ridge in the first round. Ooh, it's that- all but locked in that Cane Ridge is going to be the number four seed out of Region Five and Six A. 
Oh, uh, congratulations. Here's your trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Hope it doesn't bite you. I'm not going to say teams are going to try to maneuver position no, in the no, standings because no, you no. don't want to do that. that. That's that's bad karma just waiting to take you out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the penalties for that are going to be severe. We saw this in basketball some time ago. Mm-hmm. Teams aren't going to do that. I mean, there's, there's no. too much pride anyway in football. That's, to, that's the thing. You aren't guaranteed anything like no, that in football. There's not. No, there's not. And, and you want to play a team. I think you want to play a team like Cambridge out of the gate. It's a test. You have to be on it. There's no lull. It may be better. Yeah, it may no, be better. There's no trap. It, there's no trap with, no, the, with that game. No, it may be better to actually have a Cane Ridge first in the playoffs. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I it wholeheartedly is. Agree. It's just not going to be. It's not going to be a great matchup for the for the guy, people that want blowouts in the first round, like we see a lot this year in in recent years. So it'll be a it'll be a must see game in the first round, which we don't get many of those. No, no, you're right. But I'm taking Independence. But both of us are actually. Yeah. Beach at Gallatin. Now this is a team. A couple of teams going in very different directions. Last year, this was the top game in the state. They were both unbeaten. They were playing for the region title. It was a massive crowd. This year, Beach is in. Is actually Beach is actually in second place right now behind Gallatin. Gallatin wins the region with this win, but they've lost five in a row, including. Four at home. Yeah. Uh, what put them on top was a, a lot of COVID uh, forfeits, for, for lack of a better word. They have, they have three COVID wins over Metro teams. That's what got them to this point. This is actually Gallatin's first region game on the field this year. Right. Uh, and, boy, what happened to that vaunted Green Wave defense? Mm, I don't know. Uh, you know, they gave up 400 yards on the ground against Hendersonville. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, they got pushed around. They did. Uh, you know, offensively, they were just as offensive. They gave up four sacks. Uh, this is a team that is not playing well right now, and I think confidence is an issue. Yes. Um, like you said, they've not won a game on the field since week three, and that was uh, – It was Green Hill. Yeah, newbie school. Yeah. Um, when their confidence was was high, it was high after the first three games, and yeah. then and then they started having to, to change the schedule around, and then I all, mean the bottom falls out. Their other two road, their other two actual game wins are against a respectable Lebanon team and a station camp. Yeah, I mean, granted the teams they lost to aren't pushovers, but uh, you know you got to wonder what is exactly going on in this team. Is this just a very very young team? That uh, or is this just a team that has lost confidence? Either way, Beach has to be looking at the stat line from the Hendersonville game and licking their chops. Absolutely, this is concerning. I mean, for a team that runs the ball as well as Beach does, mm-hmm. they run it. At, I think better than Hendersonville does. This this is this could get ugly they've if got they're more, not careful. Yeah, they've got more speed. Yeah. in the backfield than Hendersonville does. Yeah, and that's more downhill. Where you out offensively and defensively all night long? Harrisville runs that wing tee. They're going to try to veer around you. Oh yeah. So if I'm Gallatin, I'm finding every way possible to play the clock game. Play the clock game and put so many in the box you that you that Beach throws. Yeah. That's, now that's now Beach. Be now Beach did throw it a little bit last week against Station Camp and got a big win. But and I and I I guarantee you, Coach Crabtree was thinking the same thing. If the you know teams are going to line up and try to stop our run, 
we've got to get our pass game in gear. Yeah, so the, the question for me is, you no, know, can Gallatin limit the mistakes? Can they get their running game going and keep Beach's offense off the field? They're going to have to do all of those things if they want to win this game. Gallatin hasn't won a home game since October of last year. They've lost their last five or left their last five at home. But if Gallatin can win this game, their confidence shoots oh, it does. through the roof. Yeah, it does wonders for them if they can win this game because now instead of you know maybe looking and uh, they're probably a first round out, now maybe they're the tough out for other teams. Yeah, I, I think I'll, it's really going to hinge on the offensive line of Beach being able to open holes for Jefferson and Hill mm-hmm. in this game. And on the on the other side of that coin, Galton stopping the run. Yep. They have to stop the run. And to your point, they have to be able to run the ball and keep Beach's offense off the field. This is where they miss Spencer Brick terribly. Oh, yeah. They would have loved to have him for another year, especially for this game, because it would have changed a lot of things. But yeah. Unfortunately, Gallatin is in, is in a tough spot right now. They are in first place. They're guaranteed a top-two finish in the region. But I don't like this matchup at all. I really don't. And and I'm afraid that, that Beach may come in here and, and, and make a statement with this game, especially you know, last year was so big. But, you know, I think Beach is playing good football right now. And I, I give them – I'm, I'm having them winning this game and maybe a little bit handily too. Yeah, I, I you know – I'd I'd like to say that this game will be close, but if the, these teams continue to form, it'll get ugly early. Yeah, I mean, I I but you know who knows Galton, um, you know, stranger things have happened. But I'm going with the Buccaneers too. Yeah, I mean, maybe Galton gets up and, and you know has their backs against the wall and plays like it, but it's going to be a tough one for them for for sure. Mm-hmm. We speak we spoke of Hendersonville a second ago. They host Rossview in a critical game in, in Region 4 of 6A. Rossview has a chance to win this region themselves if they can win this game and then next week as well. But the Commandos are looking to repeat to repeat again. Yeah, and they're playing their best ball right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're you know racked up, like we just said, they racked up 400 yards rushing, and they continue to build momentum into the postseason. A win at Rossview will do wonders for them. Uh, Brent Rowe and Ellis Ellis, I think they're going to be the key to keep uh, that Rossview running game off the field. Um, you know, if Luke Manning can connect on a few of those screens to Ellis Ellis to get the running game loosened up, it could be a long night for the Hawks since Hendersonville, you know, they have a they have a defense that can stymie Rossview's attack, I think. Uh, Rossview, though, has had an extra week to prepare for this game. And hopefully Coach Hood used that to refine the mistakes they made in that Lipscomb Academy loss, um, special teams-wise. And it's really weird to talk about special teams in Hendersonville given their history of of special teams errors. I actually think that in this game, Hendersonville has an edge in special teams. Hendersonville's playing well, but Rossview has their eye on something, and I think they're going to be ready. But I believe the difference in this team, like I said, is going to be special teams and specifically Ellis Ellis. I think his speed is going to make – he can turn field position and break defense uh, defenses with uh, yak yardage as a receiver. Um, when he opens things up, that opens things up for the beast that's Sprint Row. I think Rossville will keep it close early, but 
ultimately, I think the commandos prevail here. Yeah, I like Hendersonville starting to play a little bit better as of late. And, of course, 400 yards against Gallatin last week was just a monster effort by their offensive line and, and their backs, especially Ellis Ellis. I don't think they'll get to 400 this week, but they could still have a very productive night. And they'll set themselves up for a winner-take-all game next week. So I have Hendersonville winning this one, too. Next up, Hillwood at Hillsboro. We go back into Region 6 of 5A because this is a key game for positioning for both teams. Hillsboro pretty much is in the playoffs, but they got to ensure it. Hillwood, on the other hand, has a lot to play for mm-hmm. because if they win this game, they get Beach next week with a shot at the region title if Beach beats Gallatin. Yeah, and Hillwood offense has been piling up the points uh, in their last – well, in their three games yep. this season. They're averaging – you know, 50 points per game this season. Uh, Grant, the teams they've played are some of the poor performers, but you you win handily the games you're supposed to win. And so you can't knock them for that. It's not like they're eking by. Uh, Cameron Davis, that 6'4", 215-pound quarterback, maybe one of the few quarterbacks that can match Jalen Macon for size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's being courted by a number of Division One schools, so it's going to be interesting to see how well – uh, Avian Brown and Debo Kennard as receivers can fare against uh, Hillsborough, considering how well Hillsborough played against the beach running game. I think that Hillwood's passing game is going to really be a part uh, a big thing. Hillsborough, on the other hand, yeah, you know, I think they took out their own two frustrations on poor Glencliff last week. Um, you know, and, it was two weeks ago actually. Oh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. Yeah, and then use that uh, to beat uh, Cane Ridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jalen Macon, Hillsborough offense, they put on a very capable show. And with the exception of some untimely mistakes in that beach game, they could be sitting at three and one. Yeah. You know, Hillsborough's defense is very good versus running. We saw what they did to beach and their running game, you know, held them 14 to seven. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see these two passing attacks go at each other. I think they're going to need to get, Cont- uh, uh, Vaughn, uh, going and may, uh, keep Hillsborough. Uh, the Hilltopper offense off the field. But any team that can go toe-to-toe with Beach and Cane Ridge and come out one-and-one has got to be very, very good. Uh, we don't know how good Hill Hillwood is, so I'm going with the Burrows. Yeah, th- this is kind of the first real test for Hillwood, like you said. Uh, and Hillsborough coming off a big win over Cane Ridge. It was an impressive victory for, for the Burrows and Coach Fitzgerald. And, and This team has a lot to play for. I think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder, too. They kind of feel a little bit disrespected after the way – some of the rescheduling was handled as far as their games were concerned. And yep. we may talk about that a little bit later on. But I like Jalen Macon's game, what he's doing right now. And this is a good, a good little quarterback duel. But I, I think the experience of Hillsborough being in these types of games is going to win out this week. And I have the Burroughs winning this one. Yeah, could make a score, so maybe two. Wilson Central at Lebanon. Another key region rivalry, and this one is almost winner-take-all because the loser of this game is looking at an offseason without a playoff game. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, the loser's going to be in a world of hurt. And this was a 23-22 game last year. Mm-hmm. Wildcats uh, won it. So, uh, Wilson Central, uh, you know, they've shown they can play solid defense, but, boy, does that Mount Juliet game loom large in their rearview mirror. Uh, they let that one get away. 
Um, their offensive line has the ability to create holes for Xavier Ali and C.J. Hackett, uh, the running backs. Ali is really, really good. Uh, he's a threat catching or running the ball. Um, Tristan Lewis throws a pretty good ball, but the passing game itself has been inconsistent. Defensively, they don't want to get into another scoring match with another good back. They did it with Ray Banner. They don't want to give DeQuante Shannon the same courtesy. Lebanon, on the other hand, they seem to be uh, have righted the ship. Their losses have been to their uh, first their first game against the Gallatin team, then the Mount Juliet and Hendersonville. So it's no secret the key to the Lebanon office success is going to be through DeQuante Shannon. But Jalen Abson has been has continued to develop offensively. Uh, the passing game is becoming much more of a threat, and that is not a good sign for people that are playing the Blue Devils. Both teams run the ball well. Defensively, both teams bend, don't break defenses. Ollie versus Shannon sounds like a boxing match, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've seen such a wealth of riches at running back as we've seen this year in a while, uh, really. I, I, it's great. There's a uh, lot of talented runners around here. Absolutely. And I think quarterback key is going to be a factor in this game, though. I think I really do. And I like Lewis to be just a bit ahead of Abstin at this point. I think we're in for another close game. It could come down to a single point or a mistake. And I just, for some reason, I like the Blue Devils in this game. Okay. I think if you're Lebanon, you're actually in a good spot even if you lose this game because next week you would have Rossview. And if if Rossview does not beat Hendersonville, they're going to be playing for their lives because it's going to be kind of a winner-take-all situation there too. Oh, wow. So if you're Wilson Central – you're sitting in a good spot. You've already beaten Rossview, so you're going to win a tiebreaker there. You beat Lebanon, you are in the playoffs. If you have a chance to clinch your spot, you go take it. And I like the way Xavier Ali has been playing as of late. Man, it's a fun matchup for the running backs. and I know Lebanon's been been pretty good lately, but I just got to feel like Wilson Central might be playing a little bit better right now, and I'm taking the Wildcats in this one for that very reason. Henry County and Northeast up next. Uh, this is a region title game. Yeah. So Northeast is this is their final region game, and Henry County comes in here trying to take it from them. Now Northeast, after that first loss of the season, that seven to four loss to <laughs> Rossview, that weird loss. I think they've just kind of they, they well, kind of figured things out. Yeah. You know, after the Grand Slam, it just kind of went to the side, right? Right. <laughs> Well, you know, Henry County's won 22 straight regular season region games, and they've won the region three straight years. So they've been here before. They're, you look at them, they're balanced. They, you know, they're averaging almost 41 points a game. Uh, they got a really good quarterback in Ryan Dameron. Uh, you know, 11 TDs, two picks. Uh, he's, uh, you know, 973 yards on the season. He spreads the ball around, but his favorite receiver is Jawan Odoms. Um, He's got some a, a, a good pair of running backs. And defensively, they're re- led by Rodney Littleton, who's got 26 tackles on the season, 14 assists, and Sandra, uh, Sanchez Aldridge was 27 tackles, four assists, and two sacks. So they are as balanced a team as you're going to see. Uh, and they've had a week to get healthy and prepare. And it's definitely a, a plus to, to have a, a week coming into a game like this. Yeah, I just think Henry County's playing good football, and and this is a contender for a state appearance at the beginning of the year. They still are to me. I don't know if Northeast can can hang with Henry County. I'll be I'll be surprised to see if 
if the Eagles can. Uh, I think Henry County's a better team than this one. I'm going, I'm going with the Patriots. I agree. I think Northeast has a nice record, but the only one they have outside of Clarksville is a COVID win over Dyer County. Uh, the toughest game they had was that 7-4 loss to Rossview. Yeah. Uh, so I am also going to go Henry County. We got a few more games to pick. We'll come back and pick the rest of those after this. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Stay with us. Let's finish off who you got. And we'll start it with Riverdale and Warren County. A couple of teams that have had big winning streaks. But Riverdale just lost theirs against Oakland last week. So they're looking to try to rebound against a Warren County team who has not been 8-0 in quite some time. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, Warren County, they need this game to keep pace with Oakland. Force that standoff in Murfreesboro at the uh, in the last week. Uh, Riverdale just needs just to get back into the into that that confidence column, yeah. I think. Um, Warren County, yeah, they, everything everything is right now flowing through on the strength of C.J. Taylor. This kid's a force of nature. Uh, the senior uh, quarterback just picked up an offer offer from Mississippi State. Uh, he he's that good. He's given teams nightmares as quarterback. Uh, he well he's he's given uh, coordinators on both sides. <laughs> Uh, 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 a coronary because he's a pretty good, strong safety. He already has 1,300 yards on the ground. He's averaging about 169 a game. Puts up about three, uh, he put up about 309 yards against Blackman in that defense. Yeah. He's, and this is another one of those quarterbacks that, uh, is just, uh, uh it's, it's like Wildcat all the time. Yep. You know, Riverdale, you know, they've got that good defense, and it was a good six-game run they had, but, you know, Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Oakland's going to Oakland. Oakland's going to Oakland. I mean, you know, you know, they gave up 139 to Jordan James, but, you know, there's that passing attack. There's multifacets to the Oakland game. I think when you get into a, a, a single back, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Warren County to do the things they've done. Um, you know, Brandon Conard was one of the few bright spots in that Oakland game. Um, yeah, I think these teams match up pretty good. Now, both offenses are capable of big plays. A lot of it depends on whether, uh, Jameson Holcomb is back. Yep. Uh, you would think the recipe for Riverdale is simple. Stop C.J. Taylor, you stop the Pioneers. But I'm sure eight of the teams thought the same dang thing when they lined up. You know, Riverdale just can't make mistakes. You know, the two losses they've had, they've had snap issues, penalties. They've, I think that winning this game do a lot for their confidence. I think they're going to put the Oakland game behind them. I think they only, you know, they only have two losses, and those are to two of the best teams in the state. Um, Warren County's toughest foe so far was Blackman. I think we're going to find out how real that they are Friday night. I think that Riverdale wins this game. I haven't really bought into Warren County yet in in this eight-game winning streak because of what you just said about Blackman being the best team they've played. They struggled against Rockville. They struggled against Siegel. They didn't really put Coffee County away until late. And I'm just not sold. I think this is still the third best team in this region. I'm not saying they're not good. Right. Well, but I just I don't see them competing with Oakland. I don't see them competing with Riverdale. If Jamison Holcomb is back, I don't think this game is very close. I think Riverdale wins in in a, in a runaway. 
But because he may not be, it's going to be more of a struggle for Riverdale's offense. They're going to have to play a cleaner game without him. And But Riverdale's defense is going to be the best Warren County has seen by far this year. And it will only get worse from here. Even without Holcomb, I think Riverdale's the better team here. It may be an ugly game. It may be a ground-and-pound game the whole night. But I think the Warriors can do it. And I'm taking Riverdale on this one. And I really just don't see it being that close. I'm just I'm not sold on Warren County yet. Well, we'll find we'll find out in this game. And Warren County will find out a lot about themselves and this game. If Warren County wins, I'm sure I'll hear about it and I'll and I will give them their props no, if they do. Well, no. I mean the the bottom line is that you can only go by what you you know, what you see yeah. and what you you know. So no, I it's, they it, could shock the world, and more power to them. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they won it, but I just I, I'm not seeing it happening on a normal night. Well, and and let's see them play against a defense like Riverdale. Yes, see how they do. That that's my biggest point here, and I'm taking Riverdale as, as a reason why. But let's continue on with Nolansville and Tullahoma, and another one of these key region games. And Nolansville has a chance to just run the table and take the region for themselves. But the first step is Tullahoma. Yeah, Tullahoma, 8-0 Tullahoma. Yeah. 3-0 in the region, Tullahoma. Uh, but, you know, Nolansville, you know, they can grab a share of that lead. And Tullahoma just uh, moved up ranked number two. They clinched the title with a win. Yep. Uh, another outstanding team on both sides of the ball, you know, uh, puts up a ton of points, doesn't give up very much, less than 10 a game. Uh, they got a good quarterback, Ryan Scott, 17 yards per completion. The offense has only scored under 32 points once, and that was a 31 to nothing shutout last week. They've got a stable of running backs that have notched 26 TDs on the ground, but the person that I would be on the watch for is defensive lineman Tyreek Nard. He's 6'3", 220. He's got two sacks and 10 tackles for loss. He's second on the team only to Caden Tucker. Um Last year, Nolansville slid by them 13-7. to I think this year they may remember that. Yep. Nolansville is another one of those schools that have been disrupted by COVID-related problems. Right. I mean, you know, they were able to right the ship uh, against Maplewood uh, to the tune of 42 to nothing. I guess they were just anxious to get out of the gate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, again, Ryder Gallardi, he's, you know, he's an excellent quarterback. He's going to have to be on point. Uh, if the if they can't get their ground game going, and they did struggle against Columbia Central running the ball, but since then Samson Johnson ha- has done well. I think he has to own this game. Yeah, it's on him to keep Tullahoma's offense off the field. Yep. Um, I think the nice defense is going to bear the brunt of it. Um, I'm afraid Donesville is going to have to force the Wildcats into making mistakes and going to put defensive points on. They'll have to put defensive points on the board uh, and get in front and stay there. I'm going to go with Tullahoma in this game. I think that right now this team is rolling and they're very, very good. Yeah, that that's one that uh, has been I'm keeping an eye on for a couple of weeks. And you know, Samson Johnson had four touchdowns last week. He's going to have to. Have, he may have to have four this week for Nolansville mm-hmm. to to have a chance to win this game. And I like Nolansville's quarterback, Ryder Gallardi. I think he's a very solid player and a, and a good one to lead them down the field. But, man, you, you come back to Tullahoma and, and what they've done this year, their body of work is pretty darn good. And I, I have a hard time thinking Nolansville's going to win this game. It's not going to be a total shock if they do, but it, I'm leaning Tullahoma, and, and I have no reason to, to get away from it. So yeah. I'll take Tullahoma as well. 
We've got Laverne and Smyrna as our fans' choice game of the week this week. And, you know, the theme this week has been those big region games for seeding. And, and this one's between the two first place teams in this region. Well, the fans know. I mean, they picked a good one last week. And uh, this one is lining up to look like a good one this week. Uh, both teams, uh, th- this is a battle for the region. Uh you know, the Bulldogs, you know, they had their win streak broken in a big way uh, with an irritated Ravenwood squad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that the uh, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could have <laughs> beat Ravenwood uh, coming off of their uh, losses. But um, defensively, Smyrna's defense uh, allowed Trevor Andrews 240 yards passing. Uh, five TDs as well as a running TD. Um, I think that that bodes well for Laverne's offense. Uh, you know, this is there. There's just uh, I, it's really hard for me to to put into words. Uh, Laverne really needs to find it, their defense. It really has to step up, and they've had, struggled with that. Uh, they can put points up. And they have basically outscored their way to their their record most games. Uh, I think they'll have to do it again. I, uh, you know, what I, the McGavick win wasn't the dominant performance I would have expected uh, for a team coming out of the six A uh, trying to win it. But uh, and I think teams are starting to key on Ray Banner, yep. so it's going to be important for. Uh, Dre Webb and the other banner, Isaiah, to have big, a big game here. Uh, but I think it's all going to be on the Wolverine defense to stop that Bulldog offense. This game could not be this, – this game could go until Saturday morning. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right because, I mean, we think about the way Laverne's defense has given up points this year, 48 to Beach, 45 to Leviton, 55 to Wilson Central, and they lost all three games. These teams, I mean, the scoreboard's going to get a workout on Friday no matter what because both of these teams can score. I actually, I'm concerned that Smyrna may not be able to keep up with Laverne's pace. The only thing is, Laverne may just give up. Laverne might give up six possessions, but he might give up six touchdowns. That That's true. I mean, seriously, I looked at signature wins. I looked at everything trying to find an edge. Uh, you know, the signature win for Laverne was a win at Stewart's Creek, which is a respectable Smyrna Bosa went over Cane Ridge. No yeah. help there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would take a, I would take Smyrna's win over Cane Ridge as a, as a signature win for that team because they hadn't done it since Cane Ridge joined the region. I mean, but so. I, again, I I think that is an, it's another one of those things though that it, it, you know you you try to get a handle on this game and try to find and you know it's hard to say which way it'll go. So is it the unstoppable force? Or the immovable object. I'm going with the unstoppable force. I'm going Wolverines here. I'm going with – I'm riding with Ray Banner. Seems like somebody else was smelling the depths of this week too. <laughs> I was. The over-under, I think, for, for Ray Banner's carries this week is about 45. I agree. And I think he might go over that. They may have to in order to, to win this game. Like I said, these two teams can score. This thing, you're right, it may go till Saturday morning. I think Smyrna's defense, though, can do enough to put them in a position to win it, and I think they will. 
And I think Smyrna might win this one 53 to 52. I don't know. I'm just. Now, you, you, I mean, honestly, it could come down to that. It, it very well. I mean, a missed who knows? two point conversion. In, or, or a missed in, extra point. I mean, it's six overtimes. <laughs> you just yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, you're going to be there too. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm I mean, taking Smyrna this week. So we'll see about that one. You're taking Smyrna and I'm sleeping in the car. Yeah. You're going to wind up <laughs> sleeping in Smyrna somewhere. <laughs> I, do not call me to come bail you out of jail if they got to pull you in. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, don't don't worry. All right. Because I'll be at Lipscomb Academy with our game of the week with CPA and the Mustangs, and the way these two teams have played as of late, I'm excited for this one because man, both of them have been playing well. Oh man, this this is a game we've had circled for a few weeks now yes, since we it have. got moved. Yep. Um, and and first off, kudos to both. Ingle Martin and Trent Dilfer for getting this game moved. Lipscomb Academy could have taken the region win when this game was initially called off because of COVID cases at CPA. He didn't want to do it that way. We talked to him a couple of weeks ago, Trent Dilfer that is. He said he did. He wanted to do it the right way. He wanted to do it on the field. Yeah, yeah, and credit all credit to him uh, for that, um, and uh, credit to Ingle Martin for you know working it. Uh, you know. Getting together and working out and finding a way to do it, I, I agree with you. Uh, you, you know, karma has a funny way of biting you, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that uh, Lipscomb Academy here, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying they're avoiding any karma. I'm just saying that uh, they didn't attempt it. <laughs> yeah, they might be on the right side of it for right now. Yeah, right. I mean, so yeah, you know, Lipscomb Academy, you know. Coast Hill for special teams and defense continued to play well. Yep. You know, they returned a punt. You know, after returning a punt against Rossview and getting the pick six, they start the Franklin County game with a kickoff return for a touchdown. They recover an onside kick, and then they shut out the Rebels, holding them to under 120 yards of total offense. Um, they continue to pile points on uh, in this six-game winning streak they got, and that's got them scoring over 40 points a game with four shutouts. They're going to need that defense this week. They absolutely going to need that because they're playing a team that has their own six-game win streak yep. with no losses. Uh, you know, you talk about CPA, you're talking about right now dominance. Uh, that's the word I would use to describe the the Lions right now. They're about as balanced a team as you're going to find this year. Their defense is allowing less than 11 points per game. Playing up and down the region, they played three six a six six a seven six a division two triple a. It doesn't matter who they're taking them all on. You know, Cade Law has this offense stroking. You know, unofficially he's thrown for seven hundred twenty eight yards and nine touchdowns. He's run for two hundred seventy two and four more. Patterson has given coordinators you know stomach problems again on both sides of the ball. Reed and Maverick Rodriguez contribute on both sides. I keep looking for every reason. Every week, you know this. Yeah. Every week, I keep looking for a reason and a way to underestimate this Ingle Martin team, and I keep missing. <laughs> okay. This game is deservedly the spotlight game yeah. because these two teams have been playing very well, and this one is, I think, more defensive in nature than it looks. If Lipscomb Academy can get in front and Alex Broom can carry the load, I think that they've got a chance. It bodes well for Lipscomb. But I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I think the Lions take the region again. I, this home win, I think Ingle Martin uh, t- 
takes it home. I'm going Lions here. I have learned my lesson. Oh, it only took you 10 weeks to figure it out. Uh, Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I learned good. (laughs) Gosh. All right. You know, Lipscomb Academy has a chance to snag a signature victory, not just for the year, but for their program. It's a, it's a program maker if they win this game, and it'll it'll really it'll really put a cap on what Trent Dilfer has tried to do for this program since he took over. I'm like you, I can't find anything any reason that CPA doesn't win this game. I just think they're a little too strong on both sides of the ball. But circle this game, remember it, because I think we're going to see it again. This to me is a Blue Cross Bowl preview this week. And I think Luther Richardson gives the Mustangs one heck of a chance to win it. But I think I think CPA, I, I think K-Law is going to be the reason why CPA comes away with a region title. I like the Lions in this game. And a close one, but I like the Lions in this one. I, 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 I agree. And I think that the thing about this game is with CPA, and I know I've had my say, but I'm going to say it, is that Lipscomb is feasting on mistakes. And CPA just doesn't seem to make them very often. Right. And that, to me, is the mark of a well-coached team. And both these teams are incredibly coached. Yep. Incredibly coached. I just think that CPA just is a little bit better. But I think it's good. I I hope this is a preview of the of the Blue Cross. Bowl. I hope it is too because it would be a, a great game because this would be the first of the Blue Cross Bowl championship games because this year like double A in Division 2 is going to lead things off. Yeah. It'll go double A, single A, triple A and then the schedule for the other two days is adjusted a little bit as well. 4A 3A and 4A will lead off their respective days as well. So it'll yeah. be a little different. And one of them would have the revenge byline. So, uh, it would just, you know, the stories write themselves. Oh, for sure. For sure. Before we go, we have an announcement to make. We do. And it's a good announcement. We promised it. Uh, We have a sponsor for the entire TSSAA playoffs. Boy, try saying that three times fast. Um, NCP Coatings is going to sponsor our playoff coverage. Uh, They're going to sponsor all fan games, all spotlight games. Um, NCP Coatings is a – they they supply coatings to makers of heavy trucks, trailers, and implements. Um, They uh, have been around since 1948. Uh, They deliver leading-edge coatings for original equipment manufacturers and aftermarket suppliers. So, uh, NCP Coatings, uh, you'll be hearing more about them. You'll be seeing, you know, more about them in the uh, when the playoff uh, package uh, begins. Yeah, they will have the four weeks of the playoffs through the semifinals, and we'll have a lot on our website about what you'll, their logo will be all over our website too. So, I'm uh, very thankful yeah. for NCP Coatings to come up and, and help sponsor the playoff coverage this year. We're excited for that partnership and looking forward to, to giving them hopefully good value for their money. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of good value for your money, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed our coverage and our show this week. Chris, take it home. Listen to you close this thing out. How about that? (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. 
Go out to a game Friday or Thursday if it rains. There is rain in the forecast, so make sure you have a coat Friday if you go out. Until next week, for Scott Burt and I'm Chris Brooks, this is the 615 Preps Podcast. Stick around for more the rest of the year. Thanks for listening. I learned good. <laughs> the 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC. Our theme music is A Closet Full of Bones by Mama Tried and is used with their permission. You can download their music on the 615preps.com website or on SoundCloud. Your hosts for the 615 Preps Podcast are Chris Brooks and Scott Burton. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CBrooksTN and Scott at SBurton615.